This episode is brought to you by Harris Resort SoCal. Nestled against a rolling hillside and just down the road from Palomar Mountain, guests at Harris Resort SoCal can expect gorgeous views, friendly staff, available night and day to encourage everyone to have a great time. When I was there recently, I had a chance to dine at California's first and the nation's largest house kitchen. And it's true, the beef wellington and sticky toffee dessert are great. The restaurant is inspired by the hit TV show and features a menu approved by the Michelin star celebrity chef, Gordon Ramsay himself. Hope to see you all at Harris Resort SoCal in 2024. Because it was on Stefan and because of how he is, you and I both know just the sweetness that comes out of him. You want to work with him. And it didn't matter. Hey, he fed me. It wasn't like luxurious places or it, I don't care. You know, it's like, hey, I was fed. I had a room. That's work. <laughs> you know, and, and we did it in two weeks. And 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 I think telling this story over and over again with Alan Asparrow, with you now talking about it, it it it's really meant, I think, to inspire the future generations that no matter what budget you have, if huh? you're a good person and if you're treating everybody that you run into in the film business with mm -hmm. equal care and you don't just like shit all over people, mm -hmm. people like you, the main actor, the lead actor will do it and follow you into battle. No matter how rough it gets, they'll follow yeah. you into battle. And that's really the, the moral of the story with somebody like Stefan, what he left behind for us. Hey, everybody. My name is Jackie, uh, actress slash singer slash mom. You know, all three of the best jobs <laughs> that anyone can imagine. Um, I wanted to say thank you, Kenneth Wing, for having me here today. I'm, I'm super excited and I can't wait to get this going. <laughs> Welcome to the Vietnamese. I'm your host, Kenneth Wing. Being part of a culture of nearly 100 million Vietnamese people in the world today comes with a lot of pain, proud history and privilege. Join me as I highlight and explore the Vietnamese experience from all of Thank you for responding so warmly to my reaching out and um, it, it really warms my heart. Thank you so much for being here. Are you kidding? Thank you for having me. Like I said, oh, you know, I told you I'm not very good with keeping up with the community stuff. And so your name actually came up <laughs> from my brother-in-law, you. And he's just like, he loves you. Okay. Shout <laughs> of out all to the you. podcasts that are out there, he's just like, why are you not, you know, on the Vietnamese podcast? I was like, dude, let's, I got to get, you know, he's got to reach out first, you know? <laughs> you know, and it's and, funny that you bring that up because, um, you know, when I was starting out in the film business uh, as a younger person and, and being introduced uh to your work uh, predominantly through your role uh, with Al Nespero, which happens to be like one of my favorite Vietnamese films, oh. that distance, you know, we talked about that distance between us, you know, it's like um, you did a phenomenal job with that movie. And obviously I want to, I want really want to talk about that film today. And, and, and for me, that was like sort of like the birthplace of like the magic for me, how that film was put together. It's very historic in the Vietnamese film of industry and film history uh, for Vietnam. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't know that either. And again, back to my brother-in-law, he, he listens to your podcast and there was one where you interviewed, I think it was a professor at UCLA or, or, or something. And when she referred back to certain stories or certain films, she actually brought Journey and Owl and the Sparrow. And so that's where Jung was like, he was so excited. You know, it's like, really? they talked about the movie. And I was like, no way. <laughs> well, today, Jung will get to hear uh, the intricacies of how these films were put together and, and your involvement in them, because I'm very serious about figuring, you know, how it was, because the people, um, the director uh, for Alan Sparrow, Stefan Gogger is no longer here. Um, and so through an extension of you, I know you're very close with Stefan. Uh, we can talk about the the historical film that that was Alan Sparrow. Yes, I was very lucky to have met Stefan. I actually met him on the set of Journey from the Fall. Um, he started, he was a gaffer and we just got along. He was just a super sweet guy, you know, the yeah. biggest dude. And he's just super sweet. When you talk to him, it just you just click. And so, you know, on the days that I was on set, we start talking and and um, he's like, yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually working on a film too. And I was like, oh, how cool. At the time, I didn't know <laughs> that he was actually writing the character around me. Wow. And so I thought that 
when when the owl and the sparrow actually came out and he reached out for me to be in the movie he's like yeah you know i just i wrote this with you in mind and i was like no way and he's like yeah i just i hope you can actually pick up the role and just you know and work on this film with me and i was like are you kidding of course but the problem was my schedule um he wanted to do like a quick well no i think he wanted to do it be able to do it longer because of my singing schedule it's kind of hard so I was like okay if you could get it done in two weeks um <laughs> in two weeks Kenneth so I'll do it you know and he's like okay we can make that happen and as you know it was shot in Vietnam it was one of my first times that I went back and um just the hustle and bustle of everything it was just it was just crazy fun and we like to call it guerrilla filming, guerrilla style filming, because that's that's what we did. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. That Stefan was like the, a guerrilla filmmaker, and we can get it. We'll get into that. I I, I want to hear about this, but okay. So you were singing at the time, right? You're you're a full time singer at the time. Yeah. I started you, out singing. Yeah. And and how did you get started singing? <laughs> You know how you do odd end jobs here during college. And so I had a waitressing job and I sucked at it. Okay. <laughs> I'd come home with like burns from hitting the stove or the hot plates or whatever. And then my mom would be like, you know, and I was like, that's what she said. Wow. And I was like, I was like mm, take off. And I was like, okay. It's like, okay. I go, yeah, get me in. So my mom used to be a singer. So it was my dad. He's, he, his name is Jung Yui, and he, he sang with Avete. So he knows the industry, he knows the community. And, you know, as parents, you really don't want your kid getting into arts. You know how it is. And yeah. So he was like, oh, well, okay, we'll see how it goes. So then it, it was Club uh, Cans. I don't know if you remember that. I, I sang there too. No. Yeah, I sang there. And I'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Yeah. But oh okay, so who is the owner and the daughter? Oh. They were so sweet to me. I just know Goguyen. I remember yeah, Goguyen. Yeah, but you're right. The daughter and Jeff was the, the son. Yeah. How could I forget the daughter's name? But I do. I, 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 it's not it's not the tip of my tongue, but they were super sweet. They were super sweet people. Yeah. Because my mom, in her younger years, she sang for Kot Win. Oh, wow. And it was called um, Cabaret. Cabaret. Before yeah. Ken. Before Ken. And so she's like, uh, okay, you got you have an audition, you know, at the Cannes Club. I was like, well, okay. And I'll always remember my first song was Hot Stuff. <laughs> Oh my God! This is crazy. This is so I crazy. I went in, and that was never, never played with the band. Gave him my key, did hot stuff, and I. It was a Friday, and I come, I get off stage, and then Go Win's like, "Can you come back Saturday, Sunday?" And I was like, "Yes." So that's how it started. Wow. Was the band leader Michael at the time? Yes, it was. It was Michael? Yeah. And and. Oh my and gosh, it, it and you and I go way back. We just never met, dude. Yeah. Because oh. I'm writing a memoir right now and I've been working on it for like two years. And I was recently writing about the can and Michael and you know my experience. And, and I remember my first song is It's Now or Never. You know, it's it's so weird. It's so weird that we remember our first song. But yeah, right? I I had never sang with the band either. So when I came up, I was like fucking up because I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't follow, you know, everything was karaoke up at top of that point in my life. And oh my I was God, so, that's so, funny. so nervous and I couldn't. And then Michael was like giving me bad vibes. He's like, what the fuck are you doing here? You know, and oh, I could tell. No. Yeah. Michael, when you first, yes, he's got that. Intimidating. Right? Yes, that's the word. And I was, you know, you, you get that vibe from him. You're right. I totally know what you're talking about. He's because like, I was I was a girl, so I think it was a little even easier for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he was like, "What key?" And I was like, "What's that?" <laughs> oh my gosh, you poor thing. No. Wait, wait, okay, what were you doing there in the first place? Was it a dare? Was it for fun? Was no, it no, 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 no. I actually trained. 
I actually trained as a singer out of when I graduated USC, I, I went back to school for singing. And I was like up to that point, I had maybe four years of music lessons, um, vocal lessons. Wow. Yeah, it was like crazy. I was like knee deep into it while I was doing so the you film. Wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be a singer. And 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 so I didn't know anybody I, like nobody. And I remember being on stage and meeting Yulan. And Yulan was like very nice to me. And she was like Ooh. the sweetest human being. And like, yeah. yeah, so that was like that was I I sometimes wish I, I would have stuck with it. But, you know, in the long run, the voice is there. But my memory, uh, I couldn't remember and catch tunes and melody quick enough. You know, you need that. You need to have that talent and that ability. So that's one area where I look back in my life and I'm like, ah, I don't regret not pursuing it because I don't think I would have been the best. <laughs> hey, things happen for a reason. That's what I always say. You know, you, you tried that. You tried that path. Yeah. And for some reason, you're here now. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of the things, you know, one of the, like the five major things that I did in my life, you know, singing, food and, yeah. you know, all these things. It's like, yeah, these experiences allow me to have conversations with people like you. Right. Because now we're here and we can like cross yeah, and overlap. Yeah, right? yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so how long did you sing at the Can Club for? I sang from. 96, no, 97 to 98. And at in 98, a producer came in, you know, because at the time I was dating my my then uh, my now husband and he was a singer at the Ritz Club. Mm. Right. And so yeah. I used to go in there with him, hang out and people would know, oh, that's that's Dunhai's girlfriend. That's Dunhai's girlfriend. And one night in 98, a producer from Bunsun. Do you know that production? Yep, I sure do. He came in just hanging out you know and i i sang uh it's one of those oldies again it's like yeah. i will survive he comes down he goes what i'm not you know and i was like oh yeah you know so okay you know and i was just like in my mind i was like okay yeah whatever you know because you know you hear that a lot yeah right so the next day kenneth he actually brought Sun in and the funny thing is, knowing that Anvan's son was there, I fucked up, dude. <laughs> dude, my key was, I guess I was nervous. I don't know, but I messed up. And I was like, great, there goes that, you know? <laughs> and I come down and I come down and Anvan, okay, my son. I was like, oh, yeah, ciao, son. So, oh, okay. I'm taking a in you. Wait, I'm like, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that's how that started. And so my first song ever with one son was Hey Mickey. And we filmed in Australia and I had a blast, Kenneth. It was just the whole traveling, Australia's crowd. Wow. Lovable, lovable people. My gosh. Wow, what an interesting, because um, this was like, late 90s it was like yeah. you know the the start of it was the peak of like majestic uh the ritz uh the yes. can oh my god all these cool vietnamese uh clubs it wasn't cool at the time but when i look back now <laughs> when i look back now it was a, such a beautiful time in the history of like that yeah. little saigon place to be where everybody wanted to get together everyone who was vietnamese yeah and yeah, it was just, it was nice. It's not the, I have to say, it's not the same anymore, you know, since those clubs have gone, but there are, um, so now what is it? It's it's more like shows, right? Where people get together and just have that good time. The Viet, everyone's Vietnamese kind of a thing. But there's no but yeah, small no. clubs, like uh, I think in San Jose, uh, there's Lido or was that? Lido? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no small uh, venues, you know, a few hundred people where you can go and, you know, where they're just yeah. singers that are just singing and, and then you do your ballroom dancing. There's I don't think that that exists anymore. And I think it's because the people who are consuming that music have gotten a lot older. They're in their 60s exactly. and 70s now. Exactly. You yeah. Are and it's it's sad, but it's true. You know, it's like it's a new generation now, new people, different ki type of partying, you know, um, Hiện tại bây giờ đó thì giống như the bell, các liên biết là yeah. they biết cái chỗ đấy không? But they 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 do focus on thính phòng and stuff, which is 
it's a nice little place to get together too. Um, yeah, I, I I write about this a bit. Um, is that around like two thousand three four, where Lam Chung Phung Tan were like blowing up in Vietnam, and they were like the first singers bangkiu. And yeah. that music, when that started to go off in Vietnam, you knew that the singers here didn't have a shot. It, it was like, all right, man, they, they, they got this raw, fresh, they yeah. have emotions. It's like they're not singing music that's recycled. You yeah. knew we were in trouble. Exactly. You, 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 you said it uh, spot on. It's like music that was new. Yeah. It was music that was like uh, 40, 50 years old. You know, and so... Uh, you know, and we in in we as a community over here, when that music came over, we were so accepting of it because it was good stuff. It was good stuff. You know, it good it's stuff. Till today, Kenneth um, the music coming out from over there, it, it's it's some good stuff, man. You yeah, know? and and you know, you can't really um fault our community because there's a hundred, there's like ninety eight million people in Vietnam. Exactly. Exactly. There's bound yeah. to be some mushrooms that like sprout and like go crazy and become, <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? Like become, I mean, not mushrooms, but like little trees <laughs> that become like big trees. You know? I get you. I get you. I don't yeah. mean. <laughs> I'm thinking mushrooms like small, but you know, it's like there's 98 million people. So like the, the songwriting talent, the, the mm -hmm. emotional feelings that you get from a country that you're from the music that's coming out of that uh, is fresh and it's raw. Yeah. And so like in 2004, I realized like there's no way to compete. I don't speak Vietnamese perfectly. There's no way I can pronounce words. So I just gave it up. I was like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, I did it. I tried. <laughs> yeah, I tried. But you know what I got out of it was this ability to speak Vietnamese. Because oh. I, tr I I went after it for like eight years. I studied with Ko Thai Than, Pham Zui, uh, not Pham Zui, uh, Ko Thai Than and Zui Khan. You Those did? two were, yeah, teaching. I went to Zuikan and Titan for like two years total for, for those two. Wait, so, can I ask, when did you come here? When did you come? To I was born here in the United States. Oh, you were born here. Wow. Born here. Yeah, I was born in '75. And, you know, everything was like, we weren't even studying music. We were literally, they would show me how to pronounce for two they years. So we would wow. like go over pronunciation. They're like, hey, take the homework and go home and learn how to like uh, enunciate correctly. And then we can come back and then practice singing it when you come back next week. So you reached out to them and they actually took you they, under their wing? And they had classes. They advertised class. Mm -hmm. they, they actually had like, uh, Go Titan had uh, a studio with Nim Fufi, which is a famous pianist um, okay. on, on uh, Westminster near Magnolia, I believe. Or Boston. Dude, that's like where I live. <laughs> right, right in the heart of where you live. Yeah. And I didn't know who Titan was at the time, but you know, obviously she's a god to to Oh, yes. You know? yes. Yes, yes. Yeah. So you you came out of that with so you have that northern think back accent. I speak southern cuz my whole family speaks southern, but my mom's from the north. Oh, okay. But no matter how you try, it just feels fake to to speak like the way I was taught with the way with, that you were speaking. Titan, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, this is the proper way to pronounce it, but you're probably never going to. She said to me, she, yeah. you're never going to be a professional singer. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what she meant was you're never going to be a Paris by night singer. Oh, there we go. Because <laughs> once you've made it there, come on now. You know, <laughs> yeah. well, I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad that you had the chance to at least try it, you know. And, yeah. And yeah. And then you look back like what Steve Jobs says, when you look back in your life and all the dots, they connect. And I sit in the podcasting chair after a few hundred episodes and I understand what that means now because that experience in singing and in film and in business in Vietnam and I have a food business here for like over 12 years. So all of these things allow me to speak to chefs and, and creative people all over the well, world. Well, do, are you, do you live, you live in LA now? I live right? in LA. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever lived here in Orange County? No, no, no. But I spend a lot of time in Orange County. I mean, especially oh. like for like, in my 20s, I, I promoted clubs in Orange County and I did a lot in, in OC. I a lot of my friends are living there. Oh, yeah. I totally represent OC. I mean, look, look at my cat. Look, look at this cat. Man. <laughs> and I represent, you know, you guys got yeah. an LA cat. I've got this OC cat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think OC and LA, it's just so different. different I, yeah. I, I don't picture myself in LA. 
I don't. It's just it's it's busier. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. You know, it's fast paced and I'm just more chill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How did you get the call for Journey from the Fall? And had you had working uh, experience as an actress before Journey from the Fall? Um, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but growing up, I was not like this, meaning like <laughs> I wasn't this ham. <laughs> you were this what? I'm not that I was I'm not I, I was not outgoing. Mm, I was not okay. sociable. I was shy, timid. Um you know, grow you growing up here in fourth grade, you remember you had to do those oral book reports? Yeah. Okay. I would cry and wow. beg my parents, please, please stay home, please. Because why? The next day I wouldn't have to do it orally in front of the whole class. That's how my that's how I was growing up. And you're an actress. It's crazy. I know, dude. I'm telling you, 180. It's crazy. <laughs> and so I I grew up like that. And then in high school, I was like, you know what? I love theater. Let's take some theater classes just to get out of this shell. And I did. I took theater, high school theater, four years. Went into college, took it for another two years. And then that was it. Because then you had to concentrate into your, your, your major. And... Um, Ever since then, I've always liked to be on stage, you know? Um, yeah, but I, now I, I'm beginning to see something now. I, I, There's six years of, like, training. So that could bleed into singing. That bleeds into, obviously, an acting career. That yeah. comes in, It's like the foundation. Six years of, like, that kind of training yes. puts you at a certain place. But six years not thinking that I was going to do yeah. any of it. You just want to break know, out. Break out of yes. your shell. Yes, that's that was the my main thing. It's like okay, you know, I was getting tired of being so shy and so timid, and you know why? Why do you got to be like that, right? So those six years, not thinking I was going to get into singing or acting, um, but I've always liked it because I saw it with my parents growing up, right? Um, so after that journey was. Can you help me remember what year Journey came out? Around 2002-ish, I think. So which means they auditioned sometime in 2001, maybe? The beginning yeah. of 2001. Again, I'm not very good with the Vietnamese community, knowing what's going on, uh, who's who, nothing. 2006. So I, I, was, I made a mistake. 2006. 2000, oh. Yeah. Okay, 06. so 2005 was one. So so okay. I started I, I started singing in like professional professionally in 98. I got with one son, so that's like oh, 8 years later. Yeah. 8 years later was the audition. Now, I didn't know about it. It was actually through my friend Kijukwen, a co-singer. And she's like, "Hey Lee, there's an audition for this all Viet cast. You want to go?" I was like, "Where is it at?" <laughs> she's like, "It's right here oh. at the Ramada." On Brookhurst and Garden Grove, you probably know where that's at. But yeah, I do I know exactly yeah. that hotel. Yes, very popular place to just you know everybody gets there. Um, Trizzy Trizzy has a a place down there, right? Yeah. Okay, she does. I tango. I tango right in that, right in the lobby. People love that place. Yep, yep. It's a fun place. It's a fun place. Yes, it is. <laughs> so the audition took place. I came in and I read the first one, the first reading. I thought I did all right. And then I got the callback. And for the callback, Ji Yimling was already cast. And when I did the callback, they were like, oh, hey, um, we'd like to offer you the role of food. And I was like, no way. You know, huh. I, I went in it thinking like, it's just for fun. And this is your first acting job? Yes. Wow. A big yes. movie, too. It was it the was biggest, a, the biggest movie, I think, in our community at the time. It was, yeah, it was, and to get to to be involved in something that big, I didn't know at the time, you know, and it, it when I found out, it was just like you said, the biggest movie of our community at that time. I was just like, wow, and then I, the thing with that movie, Kenneth, I was fortunate enough to not, oh, would be book me. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't yeah. a boat person. So to read the story and like 
everybody's got their own story. It was just, wow, you know? Because um, a lot of the times, movies about Vietnam, it's, it, it's, it's about war. It's yeah. more, you know, a lot of times about war, but this is, it was just, it just, it just got personal with a lot of the cast members and stuff. And so it was just a powerful, powerful movie. And then you go from Journey from the Fall and Stefan was a gaffer on that film. Yeah. And the beauty of that point is uh, Stefan is a gaffer. He was a gaffer up to that point by trade. And the small number of filmmakers at that time embraced Stefan as a gaffer and also knew that he had dreams of being a director. So he hadn't directed anything yet at that point. And what you said was he had this idea for a movie, Alan Sparrow, and we were close because he was living in L.A. at the time. And he said, hey, I'm going to go out and, and write this movie that I'm, I'm like, how long is it going to take? He's like, I'm going to take four weeks, four weeks to write Al. And that's like, where you took it? Four weeks, because I was writing at the time, too. And he and I would go to cafes like three, four times a week. We would sit and he would. In four weeks, he finished. And I was like, where are you getting the money? He's like, I'm putting all of it on a credit card. Wow. All of it on credit that's, cards. So no, I think he spent $10,000 at that time. I can't even explain how in, in, insane that is today. Even back then, it was insane. Like, yeah. to have that kind of confidence to, to, to know that you can tell a story and go shoot it on this, like, cheapy, beta cam panasonic camera uh-huh. that handheld thing hand-held that he loved thing. So much. oh my i i i did not know that you were at the beginning of all that um that is crazy kenneth wow you guys go way back. well we go way back to like 99 because when i left usc i met um tim and tony Bowie because i had wanted to go and pursue film with like two other my brother and another film film guy at usc and we saw three seasons you're like holy shit this is crazy like these brothers like they're fucking killing it out there they were rep by caa and so we were at usc we we thought we were hot shit so we like go to the premiere (laughs) of three seasons and then you know we're like, I got to meet these brothers. Uh, and so I met Tim Bowie. He was sitting in the back of the uh, theater with a hat like yours. And he was sitting back yeah. there. And I spot him and I'm like, I, I'm going to go. And he gets up like I don't know, 30 minutes into the movie. He gets up, go to the bathroom and I follow him. And I had already watched at USC a few weeks before. I follow him and I'm like, hey, um, you know, me and my brother and friends are here. We, we want to have like dinner after this. And I was so naive at the time. And he's like, uh, no, I have to go back to my girlfriend. And I was like, no, no, you don't understand, man. I <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, I was like, no, no, you, <laughs> you can't say no because you don't understand. Like, I grew up here. This is my city, LA. I basically was born and raised in LA. I have the keys to all the clubs here and all the girls that it, all of it. I was like pitched him so hard. And then he got on the phone with his girlfriend at, at the time and he called her back. And then we all hung out for three hours at dinner, me and my brother and Qua. Um, Dude, good. Because Tim, Tim is Tim, not like not that. Like that. No. He's very closed. Mm-hmm. And then I said, and then we started to, I started to prove it. We started to go out and he started to go clubbing with me. And then he started to, you know, we, and he's a big party animal. So we just started to party for years. That's how I met Stefan. And that's how I got into oh. the, in 99. I've met the Bowie brothers. I've, you know, now that you talk about it, oh my gosh, I forgot. I worked with Tim Bowie on his first ever, I think it was a student film, and it was with Antai Tai. Wow. Wow, wow. Yeah, that was, if you go if you go back, it would be that was my first film ever. That was like a long time ago. Long, long time ago. Man, so Tai Tai, that's a, that's, a, that's a crazy yeah. name because he was the hottest man walking yeah. around. Jin Hoi today is the hottest man walking around. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I have a rap party tonight that I hope uh, the movie involved on Jin Hoi. I'm hoping he, I hope, I'm hoping he's coming. He's, he's back. He, he's back from Thailand. That's a funny he is. story. He is. So um, you wrapped a, 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 I think it was a short with a Tian Le, right? Lee, is that yes, the party? Lee, Lee, Lee. Yes, that's tonight. And, um, and I, uh, you know, just working on all these shorts, it's, it's, they're all roles of moms, 
right? And it's funny, not, I, I've done like maybe, I'm going to say like six, six, six short films, all moms. But Kenneth, I tell you, none of those moms are the same. That's the fun part. Oh, wow. What, what, how know? are they different? Oh, I did one for um, a short film by Amy Pham called House Rules. Quirky, quirkiest mom. And she's just, I can never be like her <laughs> in real life. But, oh, the things that, she, you know, all the, of course, all the moms, the things that they do for their kids, right? And and we all have that in common. But it's just the the personality the, the 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 little the the little, the little things that makes them click you know um it's just fun to play yes even though they're all just mom roles but they're every single one of them are different that's the cool part and i just got on doing something called uh, mom dad i want to be a porn star can you imagine I, I yeah i love the title i love the premise of that uh, oh, that short okay imagine i was just like oh man i wouldn't know what to do if i was that mom, but, but did you do it yet yes we wrapped uh last sunday yeah i would love to see that as a feature it's a short you said that wasn't as a short yeah yeah and um, you know it, it's just and, and again you know we've got the story of mom dad i want to be a porn star it could have been any ethnicity right any nationality Right. It could have been it could it could have related to any anyone. Yeah. But the fact that it ended up with a Vietnamese family, it was just great. <laughs> it was like, wow. OK, well, thank you for writing it the way that you did and and and, and letting us represent. Was the director not Vietnamese? He was not. Oh, wow. So the creator director of that uh, story was not Vietnamese. Yes. The writers was uh one Russian, one American, one Vietnamese, and one, um, I believe he's Japanese. So, you know, that's what I mean. The, the story itself, it could have been for anyone, mm -hmm. any culture. But the fact that um, um, they got it to be, you know, in the end, a Vietnamese family. Oh. What, why do you think that they selected a Vietnamese? Do you know the reasoning behind why? I mean, it's so culturally relevant to, to, to talk about something like that. You know, the, the, the movie itself, it, it, yeah, you know, when you read, when you hear the, when the title, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, but really when you dive deep into it, Kenneth, it's more, it, it's about choice, right? Choice that really we know in the Vietnamese family, a lot of the times we don't have that choice. We're That's right. more guided toward a certain, you know, and I think because they chose the Vietnamese, it, it, it's 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 more impactful. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, There's more contrast there, right? Because yeah. Vietnamese in Orange County are very conservative, and you know yeah. that is unheard of to have your kid become a porn star. Yeah, I mean, till today, okay. I reached out to an actress to play the grandma, my mom, and her first thing was, oh, you know, um, reading the title, just the title, okay. I I I'm I, I can't say that I I'm comfortable. Wow! Did she ever so approve it? Wow! You but know? I get it. I I get it. It's yes, a really risque risque thought. Yes, I totally understood when she said that. I go, oh my gosh, Jay, I I completely understand. And did she do it or no? No. Wow. Yeah, she did not do it. So we ended up casting another person, which <laughs> which fulfilled the role perfectly, actually. <laughs> Those things always work out like that, right? Yeah. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Songkai Distillery, my only go-to gin company. Established in 2018, Songkai Distillery is Vietnam's first gin distillery founded by Daniel Nguyen, a Vietnamese American from Southern California. No matter how many people I have at my parties, we are always pouring Songkai gin. Songkai gin is handcrafted in small batches and prioritizes using botanicals and ingredients that are native and heirloom to Vietnam. The result is a product uniquely Vietnamese in taste and aroma. Songkai is now growing to include rice wine and traditional Vietnamese herbal liqueurs similar to Amaro. Songkai prides itself in Vietnam from the farmers who grow the fruits and herbs to the artists behind the artwork and design. 
Somkai is a community effort of people who are proud to be Vietnamese and collectively embody the spirit of Vietnam. So let, I, I want to go back to Owl now. Like, okay, so he tells you, Stefan tells you that I have the script and, and he gives it to you to read. Mm-hmm. And what did you think of it initially? I thought it was a sad story because the characters, she has, you know, she thinks she has everything, but she realizes, oh my gosh, no, I don't because she finally meets this little girl that actually brings that side that she thought she had. And then she meets this other male character that just, just makes her complete, you know? And so when I read the script, I was like, and Stefan, she's so lonely, you know, but because of, because of the little girl's character and this, this, this male character, she found her family, her, her family, her her idea of a family, you know. So um, and Stefan's like, yeah, that's, she might think she's lonely, but she's actually not, you know. And so when he wrote it, you know, Stefan, I think he just loves everything about Vietnam um, and being Vietnamese. That the story it it not only captured three different characters from from three different life backgrounds. You know, it just captured everything wonderful about the country that he loved. This is one movie that I wish every Vietnamese person in the world could watch. It is such a... It is such a sweet story. It's such a sweet story. One of the best films uh, for the Vietnamese culture and the and the time period when it was made, how it was made, the story of like what it did to his career, mm-hmm. you know, it really lit up his career after that. He got like twelve awards from all these it, film festivals, yeah. won like a big LA film festival award. I mean, it was like a huge deal for all of us that we uh, mobilized at the time. Me, Tim Bowie, Stefan, and Ham, and another uh-huh. agent got together to form this company called Wave Releasing. And it was a distribution company because nobody could pick up on the Sparrow and nobody thought that they could make it. So that was the first time a Vietnamese language film distribution company was brought on, on, on into the scene. Wow. And I was in charge of booking. Um, so I would uh, call Regal and AMC to put uh-huh. the film in the theaters at the time. That must have been hard. It was tough. It was tough. Yeah. It was a tough sale. You know, that's when it started. And now um, we don't, there's this thing called four walling, which is you just paid to, to to rent the theater out. We don't have to four wall anymore because we as a community have a track record of, of films doing decently. And, you know, there, there's a, a reason why Vietnamese films are in theaters now because of Alan the Sparrow. We took it upon ourselves to do it as in within our own community. Wow. Wait, so is Wave still? Is it no? Still Wave did five films at the time, and so we shut down after you know we couldn't make a profit. I think we're you know n- there wasn't a lot of movies that were coming out, so yeah. um, lot not a lot of good movies. So we just had to shut it down. But then that created another company a few years later after Stefan died called East Films, and I'm part of that company with um, Bang Win and Ham Tran and Lin Fancine from from Vietnam oh, and Anderson Lee, wow. Jenny Jang Lee. The six of us are seven. There's seven of us in that in that company. Jenny, I love Jenny. Yeah, Jenny. Jenny, so, journey from the fall. That's when I met Jenny. Wow. Yep. I met a lot of good people back when yeah. I started out. I yeah. was I was in good hands. Yeah. Yeah, and you're you're very well known in our film circles because of the projects that you did in the early early days. You know, like and and I'm sure that um I'm pretty sure that the young people that work with you. Um, I don't know if I'm, I'm fairly sure they don't know the impact that you have or the the kind of footprint that you've um, put out. I mean, that's why you're here you're sitting because I, I am so like in, in, in enamored by the work that you've done with these early day film guys. You know, um, it's made a big impact in, in our business. I'm, I, it, that means a lot. That feels really good when you say that um, I like like you said, I wish that it was, it would have been bigger, you know? Um, I think if those films were to come out 
today? Yes. Uh, totally different, right? Um, just about five years ago, that's when we started yeah. the whole Asian wave, you know? Just, I started, I jumped back into acting just last year, January 2022. And I remember because I came back into the whole acting industry, Kenneth, on a dare. Wow. <laughs> and again, it involved my friend Chichukwan and my husband. And they were like, you know what? If you like this acting thing so much, uh, TV and film, you should really move back to Vietnam. You know, and I was like, how do you mean move back? You know, I've got because I've got a daughter, you know, and I go, what about what yeah. about you? What about you, honey? You know, I can't just leave you guys. And he was he is the most supportive. Ooh, your your husband or or in Kwa? Oh, oh. Yeah, did you talk about Chuklin and Kwa sat down with you? Oh, Chuklin, oh, Chuklin oh. and my husband was the one who dared Got it. Wow, me wow. to get back into this industry, you know. And so I was like, but then what if I what if I get something and then I'd have to I literally have to leave you guys and I'd have to you know be in Vietnam. And he was and he was like, well, let's see if you get something first, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I was like. I was like, okay, all right, I'll do it. So then January 22nd, just one after another, short film, short film, auditions, auditions, auditions. And for all the auditions I did, I got callbacks. And then the certain films that I got cast, it I was I I was actually kind of surprised myself because I hadn't done it in such a long time, Kenneth, you know, since Owl. And so to get back in, I was nervous, you know, and all these self tapes now. And but month after month after month, and then in May was that big Asian baby girl cast call, right? And everybody, everybody who was Vietnamese put in for it. Yes, everyone worldwide is what I heard. So when in that particular audition, it took me a whole month. I, I auditioned for the Asian baby girl for a whole month and I I got casted. And that's how I met Din Tai. Shout out to Din. What a wonderful guy. Oh, shout out to that guy. He's oh love yeah, that Din's guy. Din's such a badass. Yeah, he's as straight as you is. You wanna hear it? You better <laughs> you, you're gonna hear it from Din, okay? <laughs> like straight face too, who just yep. tell you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Din oh is so God. gangster. <laughs> Din's such a gangster. Yeah, I love Din. Um, if you were to see him outside and you don't know him, it's like, dude, do not approach. Yeah, he's scary. Scary. He's sc scary, dude. But to dude. me, he's just this he's just this big teddy bear. So. Yeah, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful man. And and when you got uh to the script, you thought it was sad and you um but you agreed to do it. And did you have any changes to the, your character or any modifications that you're like, hey, Stefan, if you thought about it this way, maybe it'd be better? Did you ever try to improve it? Um, you know, so the girl, the, the, the character, she she goes through uh, relationship after relationship after relationship. And um, I was telling her, Stefan, I go, you know, you still throughout the script, you're still portraying her so like um, weak, you know, like, yeah, that, that, that was the word that came yeah. out. And it's just like, he was like, well, how, how do you think she should be? You know, I go, I, after as many relationships as she's gone through, you know, I, I don't think um, it's her priority anymore. You know, she shouldn't be, she should, she shouldn't be as weak or as hurt or as depended on men, you know? So um, I thought her character should have been stronger, which in turn, he, he was like, Oh, okay. Okay. Let's play it that way. So we did, we played it both ways. You know how it is with directors. Like, well, let me see one side and let me see the yeah. other. And, and he said it worked. It worked because he's like, yeah, that's right. You know, she's not this, she's not this um, helpless uh, person you know she, she's strong she's strong go, she can know. make her own choices yes and Stefan you know as a director 
it's it's nice to hear um all yeah. all aspects of the character because then you know you can play each one and see which one works the best for both you and the director you know um and on Stefan he was just very open about uh suggestions and and um, critiques and you know yeah. no he was a he was an absolute angel on he earth was, he was an angel so on earth yeah so yetung and so yetung so and he's like this, the biggest guy is like 64 yeah you know scruffy all the time smelled like uh, smelled like alcohol and cigarettes <laughs> oh my god never wore deodorant fucking that's such a brute yeah but uh <laughs> One of the most nice human beings, uh, definitely different opposite from Din Tai, you know. <laughs> Don't let Din hear you say that. <laughs> oh my gosh, Stefan. Um, you know, I always try to bring him up in the podcast because he's touched so many of our lives, and um, I hope he's listening somewhere in heaven. That you know, he he touched he got a lot of us started. I mean, I, I, I can go through the list of, of how many opportunities he gave all of us, you know, putting us on his movies, giving us the credits of like producing and gave us so much um, leeway. Now you being like close to him like that. Did you know if he had another uh, film? Cause I think he was filming something. Yeah, he was. Well, no, he was uh, so so after Alan Asparo, he did Saigon Electric, which Anderson and I produced, and then Bao and Jenny were all like people on on the project, and then he did a third one, I think it was Bidungsa or something like that. So he did a third one in Vietnam. It was a Korean remake or something like that. Did it was a you know, we watched it, we loved it. It was a great film that he put together, and then I think he was working on the fourth one. Oh, he was okay. well on his way, and we were all saying how like every film got better. Wow. He's talented. He's such a talent. I mean, the way that he saw through the lens of uh, Al and the Sparrow, if, I would have never thought. That yeah. Like, those night scenes. Those, it, it, it's, it's just crazy. The gorilla. The gorilla style. Right? Yeah. And he'd be like, cat, cat, cat. Go over there. Go over there. <laughs> Stand right there. And then when I when I give you the hand signal, do what you got to do. Right? Yeah. And I was just like, what? In the middle of here? And he's like, yeah. I want to get the crowd. I want to get the live action. I want to get it all. And I was like, okay. And that scene turned out great. And, and there wasn't much lighting that he set up, right? There was no lights, right? No. no. That whole movie was shot like very minimal um, extra lights, right? Yeah. It was, just it was all very minimal. Like yeah. And because he was directing and camera, and, you know, he's, he's the gaffer. He's the gaffer. He's the lighting <laughs> yeah. guy. Yeah, so so no, I mean, unless it was like indoors or 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 like, which was not a lot. A lot of this, a lot of the scenes were out 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 in the streets, out and about. Um, so yeah, a lot of it was just natural lighting or yeah, very little lighting. I I had a party that I was preparing a speech. It was like for a film a party, and I was preparing a, an opening speech. It was like for maybe like a three minute thing, and I said I, I prepared the speech for when you meet a gaffer or a grip on set and you have no idea how that person can change your life because mm. you don't know what kind of dreams live inside that body. No. And then, so I was like telling the story of how I met a gaffer and I went through this sort of like this uh, journey of a story. And then in the end, it turned out to be Stefan Gogger, you know, and that is the He's kind one of, of the rare ones, right? Rare. He's one of the rare ones because a lot of people, when you work crew, that's all you do. You just crew, you know. Um, but he had different, different. He had a vision. Yes, different visions for himself. So yeah, we're glad he did because he, like you said, he came out with a lot of a lot of good projects. But at, Al, at, the, at the time when you were um, shooting Owl. I can't like imagine him putting you up in a five-star hotel or any luxury. I just, cause he lived like a penniless person and like a real artist. So I can't imagine like how, you know, the treatment um, from his mind as a producer, because it was a tiny budget, tiny film. How were you living during those weeks that you were on set with him? 
<laughs> love toy, love. And you know, before we started anything, I'm gonna you know, cat. Um, it's a small budget film. You know, I'm, I'm basically putting out my own money. You know, it's not gonna be much. You know, I was like, it's okay, Ann. You know, I like the script and I like you. So let's just let's just do this. So. Can I, what did you guys like, have for lunch? What did you get? There's no craft services. There's no snacks. I mean, I can't imagine anything. Like it was so bare bones with 10 grand. How do you make this work? Yuma, you know, because it was on Stefan and because of how he is, you and I both know just the sweetness that comes out of him. You want to do it for him. Mm. You know, you want to work with him. And it didn't matter. Hey, he fed me. It wasn't like, you know, luxurious places or it, I don't care. You know, it's like, hey, I was fed. <laughs> I had a room. <laughs> That's work. <laughs> you know, and, and we did it in two weeks and that was that. That's crazy. Because I honestly, he was just the sweetest person. Because I met him on journey. He was just the sweetest person um, on journey. Every day, I'm like, hi, Kat, how are you doing today? You know, how are things going? You ready for today? And it's just, even though it's a bad day, he's always got that smile on his face. <laughs> and and I think telling this story over and over again with Alan Asparrow, with you now talking about it, 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 it's really meant, I think, to inspire the future generations that no matter what budget you have, if huh? you're a good person and if you're treating everybody that you run into in the film business, with mm -hmm. equal care and you don't just like shit all over people mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. like you the main actor the lead actor will do it and follow you into battle no matter how rough it gets they'll follow yeah. you into battle and that's really the the moral of the story with somebody like stefan what he left behind for us yeah 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 no i totally agree i i would have done you know um again it was just the the the, the scheduling and the fact that he was like Okay, I can do this. We can do this. We can, we can, we just work around your schedule. I go, okay, that's the only thing, you know, because you know, min lam But my real, my real money making was over here, yeah. you know, with the singing. So he totally understood that, and the fact that he he was so willing and so <laughs> to work around my schedule, give me in and out, in and out. It was just great. He's just so easy to work with. Yeah. So chill. And what did that film do for you in your life, emotionally, professionally, after you, after the film got out? Did it move the needle for you at all? Um, for me personally, I, I was very proud of the film. Um, professionally, like I said, it didn't, you know, it, it, it really didn't take you to the next level. It couldn't because, you know, up until, what was it? Five years, crazy yeah. rich agents. There's no until opportunity. Yeah. You know, and, and you as a distribution company back then, you know how it was. It, it's, it wasn't easy, you know? And so any film that came out, um, yeah, it got a little buzz, yeah. you know? But then it just died after that because there was no market for it. Um, so yeah, it, it, if it, Totally different if it came out today, you know, and, and it's like years from now where, you know, the industry picks up and you're, you know, now getting all these shorts and then becomes like you get uh, a feature once a year. And then obviously, you know, things grow and then you get awards and then people are like, where did she come from? It's like overnight. Right? But <laughs> the the hustle and the grind started like in the early 2000s where you like knocked it out of the park, but like we don't see that. We don't get to hear about those journeys that somebody like you, veterans like you have had on the, on the, on the way to, you know, five years from now on the way to your success. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's why when you asked me, you know, um, I work on these, these shorts and I meet all of these, I call them kids because they yeah. are, and they're just like, they've actually heard of journey. Or Owl in this world. They actually have, but is it because they're in the industry, you know, or is it, or, or was it something that it, you know, 
well, if they're 25, yeah, they would have seen it back then too. Yeah. And if you go on the internet and you put your name in, you'll see journey and owl like prominent. It's those are the two big films that you, you, you will see attached to your name. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm proud. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, yeah, I am very proud of the work that you did too. Believe me. It was <laughs> like, we, we spent a whole year trying to get that, um, that owl and the sparrow out into the theaters and, oh. and get it seen by everybody. I, I, I still stand behind it. I, I remember the galas that and, and Stefan would all, yeah. you know, you go to these festivals and the galas, he's like, Cat, you want to go? You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. And I actually went to one with him because, you know, most of them was on the weekend and then I sing on the weekend. So there was one weekend I, I didn't have any singing gigs. So I went with him and it was so much fun. It's good. Well, memories. it's funny that you bring up this topic right now on September 16th, we have, another vid film festival gala but this one's hosted by me and vala on september 16th it's like a probably a thousand people going to that wait that's different from vff right the same thing oh because i thought vff screenings were october 6th and 7th yeah so we have a launch party for the october film festival this year i teamed up with the vala which is the mother company that throws uh the vif event so Vala and the Vietnamese podcast is hosting a party for the launch of the film festival in October. So we're doing it a few weeks earlier so we can get the word out that, Hey, there's a film festival. So instead of like, you know, uh, the, the traditional party that they're doing, we're, we got Remy mm -hmm. Martin in the um, sponsor. And so it's like this big blowout. So I hope you're in town and, you know, would love to have you uh, join us. Where are you? Where is it at? It's going to be at the circle. That sounds familiar. Yeah, Huntington Beach, I think Warner and uh, Magnolia near that area. Oh, dude, I'm there. Okay, perfect. Just put it on your calendar. I'll tell you after the uh, after the um, podcast. You know, we'll, we'll, yes, details. Yes, yes. But yeah, yeah. It, it, and it's important to talk about this because those galas that you were invited to by Stefan, you're going to see mm -hmm. the evolution of where we are today in the film business. So all the kids that you worked with, chances are that they're all going to be at the party and all the people in LA that are in the film business and music business will all show up to this event because, you know, we're bringing it, you know, Paris by night, Asia, we're bringing uh, film and uh, people in, in entertainment from LA all together in this one night. Was this the first year first that you guys? Did? Yeah. It's the first one. Cause I did one in February and it had like all the cast of like it, you, I did in LA and had 350, 350 people. And so this year we're, this time around, we're incorporating the Orange County group of like entertainers, like you Dude, know, that's gonna be epic. It's gonna be epic. It's gonna be an epic party. Mm. It's gonna be an epic party. Yeah, okay. and it's that it, we're not here to play loud music and dance. It's literally like at a club, and we bring the music down, and it's just so people can say, "Oh my God, it's so good it's to see you in person." Yeah. Just like me and you, the last time I saw you in person, I, I didn't, I couldn't approach, man. I couldn't approach. <laughs> but this time, dude, <laughs> I'm giving you that big hug. What's up, Kenneth? <laughs> oh, that's so funny, Kelly. It's so crazy. It is so crazy to, to even. Think that was about a fun that. event. That one, that that one. Oh, did you go to it? I. That's where I. I saw you, and I didn't want to. I couldn't approach. Oh my! You so you've so been busy. to. You were. The, you went to the one in February. Yes. Um, I heard it through Jess Vu. Got it. So Jessen yeah. is, you know, helping me to send out the invites, you know. Oh my gosh, who who doesn't know Jess Vu? Yeah, Jess. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna I'm gonna really say with Jess Vu in the LA entertainment community, it is a better place because of her organizing skills, her ability to keep everything oiled and moving the gears behind the scenes with all of the Vietnamese uh, American in entertainment. It is uh, phenomenal to have her. So, yeah, so she's helping, um, you know, she's part of the board of Vala and she's on the so team young, organizing. So young, so ambitious, that one. Mm -hmm. My God. And brilliant. You know, just a really smart uh, woman. And yeah. it was because of her that I actually, that I actually, um, I know. Okay. I have a very good friend since high school. His name is Vian Hong. And he got back after 40 years, 40 years of acting. He finally got back 
And one of his biggest things was, this is us, the show. Okay, so that's huge, right? Huge. So I'm talking to him, and this is what I, you know, took the dare from my husband and my best friend. <laughs> I was like, I said, hey, Indian, you know, maybe you can help me get back in. Um, just to who? Who can I reach out to? Wow. And he was helped by Jess. And he's like, you know what? Let me just give your number to Jess and let's see what happens. And she was super helpful. Super. Do you have anything I could watch? You know, I was like, well, I did Journey and I did Owl. So, oh, okay. I've, I've heard of those, you know, what do you, what do you, how are you currently, you know? And so I didn't have anything, Kenneth, you know, all I had were my self tapes, you know? And she's like, can I see those? I was like, myself taste <laughs> he's like yeah so i sent her those and she she i guess i myself tape she was impressed or she liked it and she got me a manager you know how hard it is to get a manager yeah almost impossible I mean, like, you know what let me use this tape and i'm gonna send it out to some people that i know and then I, that's how i picked up my manager it was unbelievable and everything she just knows everyone everybody and everybody knows her and everybody respects her. Yes. Yes. Anything you need. Jess. <laughs> yeah. You know, anything Vietnamese, culturally related, film industry, Jess is the person to go to. Yeah. And, and so she is, she was instrumental in the invitations for the February, that party that I had. And she's instrumental in this one. And I will always have her on my teams uh as i do these events because so yeah so you know what we're doing so that february event that you went to this is going to be triple that size wow that'll be fun it's going to be so much fun and it's going to be you know for all the people in the entertainment business uh in the vietnamese community it's a place that we can hopefully meet annually so we can make sure that we keep the momentum of what we're doing going wow I'm excited about VFF too. I've got two films going in there. Uh, can, can we talk about which films? Uh, one of it is called uh, House Rules, The Quirky Mom. Yep. It's a short film. And uh, the other one is called Thunderclouds. That was my first film back uh, in 2022. And so uh, we hope that the listening audience if you are local to southern california that you will come out to check these two films out at uh viet film festival this year in october uh because i'm always going to plug that's like my family right these these people are my right. family yeah um Kenneth, do you remember i mean vff yeah it's 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 stronger and stronger each year and just the past year and this year it's just it's just through the amount of short films that i've done there's just so many upcoming young Vietnamese writers, directors. It's it's crazy how it's crazy. Yes, like beef. Uh, where beef did had... you come from? Thank you. And... You know, <laughs> I, but you know that's a funny fucking question. Where did they come from? They've been grinding for ten years. Like this writer off on beef, she's like been writing for ten years, and like nobody nobody knew. I just interviewed um, an executive. At DC, you know, DC Comics Studios that put out Superman and Wonder Woman, Batman. Yeah. She's a vice president, Chantel Nong. She's a Vietnamese and she's vice president over at um, over at Warner's. And we're just like, where? None of us have heard of like, but oh, if you're in the business in the mainstream side, you know who Chantal is. But I, I, I'm like, wow, I've been doing this for three years, this podcast. And I'm like beginning to see the power that the Vietnamese, but they don't really bond. Nobody's bonding yet. Nobody's like, you know, really coming together to know. Why the, do you think that's so? Because we're new. That's all. That's all it is, is we're just brand new. But we will rival the Korean um, side if if we get our act together and we can really pull through and 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 organize and really like come together and and bond as a, a, a big coalition. We can We can move the needle in Hollywood. I like that. I like that. And there will be more job opportunities for you, for Ham, for, you know, people that are in the um, creative arts. Man, executive of DC Comics? Wow. Vice president. Vice president of DC Comics. So she like, 
she gives notes to like all the like you know the di- directors that you know they want to make these big superhero movies she's like the person and her team in charge of reading the scripts and making notes and sending back to directors and so she's on the creative side of of, of development it's oh. mind-blowing and she's like younger than us oh my god yeah she went to yale it's this is incredible br- bright person you know and so you were able to interview her already yeah 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 Great. yeah but oh but gosh. that's the kind of level that we're playing at with uh the you know the guests that come on to my podcast now they're like people who are like you who's been around for a long time that we as a community don't know about yet and my job every fucking year is to have people like you come back every time there's a new project that you have and we can talk about the new project so now today is about the introduction to cat lee on this podcast so every year as you continue to to do work and progress and and even if you don't it's okay because you are a you know you're a mile marker in the industry that we're in Thank you. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? I'm part of the Vietnamese podcast family now. Yes, <laughs> I can proudly say that, and I can proudly brag to my brother-in-law. <laughs> Shout out to He's you, gonna right? It. He's gonna love it. <laughs> well, this has been a delight, and I knew it would be because of who you are and the way you carry yourself. Because you, you know, you're just so fun to talk to, and I, I really enjoyed uh, this time this morning. Likewise, thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. Thank you for reaching out and. Thank you and the audience for having me on the, the podcast. Today. Yeah, we're all honored. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kenneth. Thank you for listening to The Vietnamese with Kenneth Nguyen. Special thanks to Brittany Tran, to Jane Nguyen, Catherine Nguyen, Tina Pham, Sydney Jamie, and Christo Trin. Please find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Vietnamese Podcast.